On today's episode, Pastor Lee shares a message on forgiving others in the same way that Christ has forgiven us. In the model prayer given to us in chapter 6 of the Gospel of Matthew, our Lord teaches us to talk to our Heavenly Father about forgiveness, about being forgiven and forgiving others. Listen to the Word of God speak on the all-too-relevant subject of forgiveness. Matthew chapter 6, and um, I'm excited about how we as a church family have embarked on a journey in prayer and learning how to pray uh, at the first of this year. If you'll remember, on January the 1st, it was on a Sunday this year, we had a prayer meeting. We preached a little bit, myself and Lance and Mike, we, we preached a little bit, but we, we were just really guiding in and leading us in praying. And then we've turned our focus on the Lord's Prayer, what we are calling the master plan for prayer, for a few reasons. The master gave it to us, so uh, it's hard to improve on that prayer, right? And uh, you might remember some of the comments we've made about it. One of the interesting observations about the Lord's Prayer is that in one minute, you can pray for every essential area of life. Now, we're not encouraging you just to pray for one minute a day, but that prayer from the Master covers every essential area of life and thus teaches us how to pray, teaches us how to engage with God, how to commune with God. And you may remember uh, the first part of the prayer is really prayers to God, prayers about God. It's about God's name, God's kingdom, and God's will. Now we're into the petition part, and it's about um, our daily needs, our sins, and our temptations. Uh, You you may recall, you you can see it right there in your Bible, uh, beginning there in verse 9, in this manner, therefore pray... And then I just want to show you those three things. It it tells us to pray about the name of God. Your name, your kingdom, your will. Forgive us our debts. Deliver us from evil. And I skipped one, which is provide our daily bread. And so you can see how the prayer is broken down. This morning, we're focusing on verse 12 and verses 14 and 15. And uh, that's where we are in our study on this prayer. The title of today's message is Forgiving and Being Forgiven. Forgiving and Being Forgiven. Everybody's like, all right. Yeah, this is a tough one. This one's not an easy one. Uh, we know from practical experience from everyday life that this one is not an easy one. Forgiving and Being Forgiven. Someone once wrote... Unrepentance and unforgiveness bring depression, emotional pain, alienation from God, and physical weakness. Untold millions live in this condition. They even accept it as normal or as inevitable. Now I want you to think about that for just a moment. What this person is saying is that that people have settled... And they are living in the condition 
of unrepentance and unforgiveness. They settled in that. that that's their lifestyle. That it's almost become normal. Some see it as inevitable. And it leads to, here's how he lists it, depression, emotional pain, alienation from God, and physical weakness. Now, I would say that while this condition, may, this condition of, of unrepentance and unforgiveness might be prevalent, and I would say it is for the most part, and even in the Christian community, I would not say that it is normal, and I would not say that it is inevitable, that it has to be that way for every person. By no means. In fact, it is not the way of Christ and His followers. The biblical teaching, when we, when we look at the Bible about repentance of sin and giving and receiving forgiveness, we understand that is the way of life. That, that is something that is continual. I want you to hear that if you don't hear anything else this morning. Repentance, giving forgiveness, receiving forgiveness is, is an activity that we practice all the time. It's not just something we do from time to time. It is a lifestyle, a way of life. In fact, giving and receiving forgiveness, asking for forgiveness, and offering forgiveness are powerful ways of demonstrating the character of Christ to a world that is full of sin, to a world that you know as well as I do offers no forgiveness. When's the last time the world was forgiving towards you? And so I want us to look at this idea this morning. There are three things really that, uh, at the very least, that the Holy Spirit points out to us in these verses. Uh, first of all, we can be forgiven. Secondly, we can forgive others who have sinned against us. And thirdly, we've already mentioned, forgiving and being forgiven are continual matters of prayer for every believer. Now, I want to stop for just a moment because it occurs to me that as we walk through this text, uh, the, the different preachers, me and Lance and Mike, that have, that have worked through this text with you, it's easy for us to focus on the, uh, the truth that we're praying about, like um, our daily bread. And it's important that we understand what we're asking for, but I, what I don't want you to miss is that this is a prayer. It's not just about knowing about the subject of sin. It's about praying about the subject of sin. Okay, so don't, don't uh, we could just dive into the subject and learn all kind of information about it. That's not what Jesus is saying to do. Jesus is not saying learn all about it. Jesus is saying ask me. P talk to me. Talk, God's saying talk to me about these things in your life. And so the first thing I want you to notice is that we can be forgiven of sin. There in uh, chapter 6 in the first part of verse 12, it very simply says, and forgive us of our sins, or your translation may say debts, your translation may say trespasses. It means the same thing. They're words that are being used interchangeable between different uh, translations of the Bible. Forgive us of our sins. Now, 
I want you to remember with me that this is a family prayer. And that receiving forgiveness of sin is a blessing that is reserved for the family. This prayer is not for everybody. Our Father, who says that? Children. Children of God are the ones who say that. And so, receiving forgiveness of sin is a blessing that is reserved for family members, for the children of God. Those of us who have been born again, adopted into the family of God, have, listen, the privilege, the privilege of asking Abba, Father, for forgiveness. And the amazing thing is that we can trust Him to be forgiving. The Bible tells us that about Him. That we can count on Him forgiving us when we have sinned and we come to Him confessing that sin, repenting of that sin, and asking Him to forgive us. How do we know that He will forgive us fully? Because of what He's told us in His Word. And we're going to look at some of that in just a moment, but because of the Word of God. Because He's promised us forgiveness. Did you know that forgiveness is a promise in the Bible? But, but back to something I said earlier. What we are being taught in this, this passage, in this prayer, is that we must ask for it. It is not automatic. It's not something that we just assume. We can be forgiven of sin, but we must ask. And if we are learning anything from the master plan for prayer, it is that praying these things is not one and done. Now, I don't mean that we must ask for forgiveness for the same sin repeatedly. You might have to from time to time, but I, I remember when I was a little boy, and uh, I was learning about God, and I, I recognized what sin was, and I felt guilty over my sin. I felt guilty enough to, to lay in my bed at night and actually shed tears and cry and say, please forgive me, but I, I wasn't experiencing such godly sorrow that it kept me from doing it again the next day. Because I felt, well, I'll just get back in bed tonight. You know what I'll do? I'll cry a little bit and ask him to forgive me. And then I get up the next day and guess what happens? You know what that is not? That is not godly sorrow that leads to repentance. That's not repentance. And so when I say this is a continual matter, I'm not saying that, that we should be praying for forgiveness for the same sin every day. Because there's no repentance there. There's no true remorse and repentance in that type of activity. But that seeking forgiveness of sins is a way of life. Here's why. Although we have been justified. Some of you know what that means. That means at the point that you gave your life to Jesus, you were born again by the Spirit of God, and you were made right by the blood of Jesus, and you were justified. That means, positionally, your life changed. Now you stood in front of God, just 
If I, justified, never sinned, cleaned by the blood of Jesus. Although we are justified at the point that we are saved, we are still being sanctified and we still have a sin nature. That's why seeking forgiveness is a continual matter for us as believers. Listen to what the Bible promises regarding being forgiven. Remember I told you about those promises? Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14 through 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we, might, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Because of what Jesus has done on the cross, giving his life, paying the penalty for sin, allowing us to come into a relationship with God, we can come boldly to the throne of God in time of need. And what does he give us? According to Hebrews, grace and mercy. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. Now, now look again what it says. If we what? If we confess. What does that mean? That means we pray. That means we tell Him. And we ask. We are communing with God. And so... We are forgiven by the Lord as we come with that type of heart. Proverbs 28 and verse 13 says, He who covers his sin shall not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Mercy and grace and forgiveness the kindness, and the love of God. Doesn't that sound like a place you'd like to live in all of that? Well, it requires us to be honest and to deal rightly with sin in our lives. That's been one of my prayers, even for my daughters through the years. I prayed specifically, Lord, Help uh, lead them to deal rightly with sin in their lives. Now, if anybody ever thought they were perfect, it's me. But I also know they're not. And even in the book of Job, we see him making sacrifices on behalf of their, his children. And it says in there that they might not sin, so that they might not sin against God. And so sin is something that we all know about, and it's something that we all learn about in church, but it's not something that we're always great at dealing with. It's not something that we're always great at being honest about. For us to experience God in our lives... To the extent we can, that, to the extent that we possibly can here on earth. I mean, all that we can have. It depends heavily on whether or not we confess our sins. 
It depends on whether or not we're willing to be right with God. You can, listen, let's put it this way. You can be forgiven of sin. Forgiveness is sweet, isn't it? You can be forgiven of sin. And you should be. As a child of God, you don't have to live like the untold millions in an unrepentant state, in an unforgiven state, and experience these things like that, that depression and emotional pain and alienation from God and physical weakness. Now, those are not always related to a sinful life. What's being said here is that sin is dangerous and it hurts. And it leads to these types of things in people's lives. If you've ever had a sin in your life that you were ashamed of, that you were embarrassed of, that you weren't willing for anybody to know, that you weren't telling anybody even in your immediate family, and, and the Holy Spirit kept you under conviction, and you lived and you continue to live, you know how miserable that is. What the Bible teaches is that it will literally make you sick. It will hurt you. That is why Jesus says, in this manner, pray. In this way, pray. Father, forgive us of our sins. But secondly, I want you to notice that not only can we be forgiven of our sins, we can forgive others who have sinned against us. That's what it says in verse 12, and forgive us of our sins or our debts as we forgive our debtors. But then if you turn over to verses 14 and 15, there's another interesting part to this lesson today. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses... Neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. We'll come back to that one in just a moment. What I want you to see here that's being expressed in this prayer is that we can forgive others who have sinned against us. Now, I say that intentionally. I say I'm using that phrase, we can. Because we can, and we should, but we don't have to. We, we can choose not to. And often we do. That's why I made the point like I did. We can forgive others who have sinned against us, but we don't have to. Yes, we should. <laughs> I think that's a given. This portion of the prayer teaches us to have a heart of forgiveness for others. To maintain a certain attitude and disposition towards our family, our friends, our co-workers, our neighbors. It's as if we've already made up our minds. As if we already have put ourselves in the place of just being, hey, I'm a forgiver. I'm going to be a forgiver. And so, before anything happens, I've determined I'm going to forgive. That's how I'm going to be. That, that's going to be my attitude. That's going to be my disposition. I'm going to live as someone who forgives quickly and who forgives easily. And we'll see why here in just a moment. 1 John 
chapter 4 and verse 20 says, If someone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. It's amazing how our relationships are tied to being right with God. What this is saying is that we cannot be wrong with one another and be right with God at the same time. You can pretend, but this very verse tells us you cannot be wrong with one another. We cannot be wrong with one another and still be right with God. That just messes everything up, right? <laughs> that just messes it all up. Because I, I want to continue to have all the good things from God, even though this person over here, I don't hate them, but I almost do. Let's say it that way, right? Remember the example of Jesus while dying on the cross, Luke 23, 34. Father, he looked out among the people, forgive them. For they know not what they do. These people are the ones who put him on the cross. These people were the ones that plucked his beard out of his face, that beat him with a cat of nine tails. These people are the ones who struck him, marred him, stripped him of his clothes, mocked him. And he says, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So in this prayer, we are praying for a right heart towards God. Father, forgive us. Forgive me of my sins. And we are praying for a right heart towards others. As forgive me of my sins as I forgive those who sinned against me. And what's interesting is the way that, I mean, it's all so compact. It's just a few words. But he says, as I forgive those who have what? Sinned against me. He is, in particular, talking about people in our lives who have hurt us, who have despised us, who have been very mean to us, who have purposefully done things to, to keep us from having the things that we... The, the people who seem to, to hate us. These are the ones. The ones who have sinned as I forgive those who have sinned against me. One writer penned these words. There is something deep within fallen man, fallen human nature... That thirst for revenge and urges retaliation in kind. We naturally want to inflict the same type of injury on the one who injured us. An eye for an eye seems only fair. In Christ, however, we have been given the power to love our enemies. In Christ, we have been given the power to love our enemies. Do good 
to the haters. Bless the cursors and pray for the abusers. That comes from the Gospel of Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 28. Listen to this. Jesus gives us a heart that is willing to forgive and will work to that end. As believers, those who have been born again in the family of God, those of us who have been transformed by the Spirit of God, we've been given a new heart. We've been changed. We don't just have an old life that's been patched up. We've been given a new life, which means we have the ability to live in a new way. So when we talk about forgiving others, and we talk about how hard it is, and we may make excuses and just say, I just, you know, I'm not Jesus. I can't forgive like that. Well, we're not Jesus, but we're supposed to be like Jesus. And as we get closer to God, we become more like Jesus. And the truth of the Scripture is that the love of God that's been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, the change that has been made in us, the transformation of God, allows us to be able to do things, empowers us to do things that we could never do in the flesh or that we could never do on our own. And forgiveness is one of those things. Powerful dynamic in our lives. We can forgive others. We can. Listen, you can forgive those who have sinned against you. We're called to, and we are empowered to. We should forgive others who've sinned against us. That's obedience and surrender to the Lordship of Christ. And we really need to forgive others for the sake of our own souls. That's sanctification. Forgiveness is a hallmark of Christianity. It's something we practice when others don't. And it's something that we practice in ways that others do not. We forgive others because Jesus forgave us. And listen, our willingness to forgive others reflects our understanding of just how much we ourselves have been forgiven. You see, when we dwell there for a little while, and we understand what it is we deserve because of our sins, and how much God has... When we relish in the forgiveness that, and, the, and the love and the mercy and the grace that has been given to us, and we understand the enormous amount that, that has been poured out upon us, forgiveness becomes something that we want others to have. Do you know when you forgive others, it sets them free too? It sets you free, and it sets them free too. You say, well, what if we don't? What if we choose not to? Well, back to verses 14 and 15. If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you also. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you 
of your trespasses. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You started off by telling us that we can be forgiven of our sins. And this verse says, in verse 15, there's this, there's this idea that something's going on that we can't be forgiven of our sins. It doesn't say you can't be. Did you notice that? It says neither will your father forgive your trespasses. What verses 14 and 15 mean is that unforgiveness, unforgiveness is a sin. If we're not willing to forgive others that have sinned against us, we are sinning. We are in sin. We are unrepentant and we are living consistently in the state of unforgiveness. It's not that God can't forgive us. It's that He will not. Until we repent and confess the sin of unforgiveness. That's what verses 14 and 15 mean. That just makes me want to sit down and cry. I don't know about you. I, you know, a lot of times we're studying different things in the Bible. I just want to sit down and just crawl under the chair and say, Lord, have mercy on me. To what extent should we forgive? How should we forgive? We've only t- already touched on that a little bit, but Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32, listen again to what he says there, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. How should we forgive one another? As God in Christ forgave us. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 13, same idea being expressed to the church in Colossae. Bearing with one another, forgiving one another, and even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. To what extent should we forgive? How should we forgive? Well, let's ask it a different way. uh, Let's ask it this way. To what extent have we been forgiven? Is it to the extent that we deserve? I pray not. Is it to the extent that we have earned? I sure hope not. Is it to the extent that we have been good enough? Absolutely not. We have been forgiven for Christ's sake. And because of His righteous death on the cross, we've been forgiven completely, fully. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 13, 14. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh... He has made alive together with Him, having forgiven you all. Amen. Having forgiven you all trespasses. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against you, us, which was contrary to us. And He has taken it out of the way and having nailed it to the cross. That's what He's done with it. Of course, there's many other passages that you may be thinking of and God may be reminding you of about, you know, forgiveness, uh, giving forgiveness 
70 times 7. There's a lot of passages in the Bible that help us understand the concept of, of forgiving and of being forgiven. At this point, as we get ready to wrap it up, what I, what I want to remind us of, because I think it kind of drives home the point for us, what, is what sin does in our lives. If we're asking to be forgiven of sin and we're, we're trying to understand how we can forgive others who've sinned against us, what, what are some of the things that we can understand sin does in our lives? We've mentioned a few of those. But according to Psalm 51, which is where King David repents, he lists in there many things that were a result of sin in his life. And they've been cataloged for us time and time again. Adrian Rogers puts them like this. Sin dirties the soul. It dominates the mind. It disgraces the Lord. It depresses the heart. It diseases the body. It defiles the spirit and destroys the testimony. And yet, here's what we do. We flirt with it. We've, normalized, we've actually normalized sin in our lives. We act as if it has no bearing on us. As if we get a pass. This is why forgiveness, if you will, is in red lights right in the heart of the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> hey, Jesus, teach us to pray. Hey, Jesus, what kind of things should we pray about? Hey, hey, Lord. Forgiveness of your sin and being able to forgive others that have sinned against you. When a church deals rightly with sin, on a regular basis, you can expect blessing from the Lord. One of the things that we're seeing right now across the country is revival. We're starting to see signs of revival and spiritual awakening. Hundreds and thousands of people in Kentucky at Asbury College have been there for now over 10 days. Students in their 20s. Confessing sin praying, singing, multitudes of them getting saved, others getting right in their relationships. And I even read the other day that in town, it's beginning to change the businesses. And it all started, like all revivals do, with confession of sin, with dealing rightly with sin. It's very likely that uh, in, in our midst th today that, that there's three different places we might find ourselves. One, you may find yourself in a place where you personally need forgiveness from God for sin in your life. That's something you know. That's something I don't know. But you haven't been willing to Forsake that sin and ask God to forgive you of that sin. 
The Bible here says, when you pray, pray this way. Our Father who is in heaven, forgive us. Seek the Lord for forgiveness of sin. You may say, well, I'm not sure of a sin right now. Well, let me ask you about this one since we brought it up. How about the sin of unforgiveness? Needing to confess and forsake the sin of unforgiveness. So you may be in that place where you personally need forgiveness from God today. Here's the good news. If you confess your sins, He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. Cleanse you of all of your unrighteousness. You may be in a place where you need to forgive someone who has sinned against you. Maybe it's family, maybe it's friends, maybe it's somebody you work with. Somebody has sinned against you. And if that's true right now, somebody came to mind. Because that, those, are, those are hurt. That's a hurt. That's pain. That's, a, that's something that is prominent in your life. And you need to forgive them for sinning against you. One that we didn't talk about, which is a whole other sermon, that is you may need to ask for forgiveness from someone that you've sinned against. Let me just say, you need to do that even if you were right. You see, sometimes we, we take a hard stand on the side of right and excuse our poor behavior towards that person. You can, you can be right in principle and wrong in behavior. That's pretty legalistic. You can be right according to what the Bible says, but you can be wrong in the way you share it. And so you might have wronged somebody even if you were right. How about that? And if that's the case, you need to ask them to forgive you because you've sinned against them. The, the message today is, is hard, but it's also encouraging. Forgiveness, mercy, grace is right there within your grasp. It's right there. It's right there for the taking. It's yours as a believer. You can have it. But you got to pray. You got to confess, forsake, and make things right. So this morning, as we oftentimes do, we'll have an invitation time. Sometimes we have a message from the Word of God that really just makes things clear about what you need to do. So there's not much else to say about that. You've heard what God is calling you to do. But I would, I would conclude by asking these questions that we normally do. What have you heard today? And based on what you've heard... How, how should you praise God? What should you praise God for as we, as we leave today? And based on what you heard today, what do you need to pray? What do you need to ask God for? And based on what you've heard today, what do you need to practice? I don't think I have to tell you that because I think the Word of God has been very clear today. And if He's spoken to your heart today... I want you to do business with God. Would you stay? Thank you for listening to the Word of God Speak. 
the sermon podcast of Pastor Lee Merck. We hope that you were blessed by today's episode.